Welcome to the Watch More Books podcast. On this podcast, we read the books and compare them to their media counterparts, whether it's a movie or TV show or even an eight-episode series on Netflix. We will look at the similarities and the differences and ultimately determine which was better, the book or the movie. Good morning. Welcome to Watch More Books podcast. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I am... Yeah, I was going to say, do you want me to introduce myself? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm Rebecca Williamson. I am the owner of Cambry House and Farm, a haunted wedding venue. (laughs) And I somehow got conned into reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) And watching a series. Uh, Well, I already watched the series, so that wasn't wasn't a hardship, so... (laughs) Do you find it hard to read a book if you've seen the series first? Sometimes I have. I do. I don't always like read after because they don't always line up and then you're frustrated. And it's like the same when you read the book before you watch the movie. Like you get all excited, but then you get frustrated. So (laughs) I don't always do both. Yeah, for me, if I've seen the series or a movie before I've read the book, it gets really hard to read the book because it's like, well, I already know how this is going to end. But right. when, it, when it comes to reading the book first, I, I think watching either the movie or the series afterwards is a little bit easier, even though I know how it's supposed to end, because in movies they can change the ending. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, I mean, it kind of depends. It depends. I mean, if the story was really good, then I'll follow up with the other, you know? And then other times, like, if it was really bad, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not going to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's start breaking down Queen's Gambit. So what are yeah. some, what are some major differences that you noticed? Um, so I watched like last year, I watched it last year. I absolutely loved it. Like I watched it right when it came out. And so then I just reread the book this, or read the book this week, not reread, but I read it this week. Um, so there was some time in there. So, so like some of the like subtler differences, I don't think I caught, but the major ones were, um, the story about her mom, the the show had a lot more backstory detail. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot more backstory about her mom. Um, and I'm and not sure if I liked it or not. And yeah. Supposedly I, um, that Beth was in the car, whereas in the book, she's just sitting on the front porch when they, they tell her that her mom dies. And in the movie, right, the right. show, she's supposedly in the car and her mom's telling her to close her eyes. Yeah. And um in the in the show they're telling like she has this whole story about her mom's like loses her mind and she's crazy and um just a whole lot of that. The book just kind of really skims over a lot of that. I mean, there there's very, very little mention of the mother, just that her mother died in the car accident and she's gone and her dad died. I mean, they really don't go into hardly any detail i mean there might be like three sentences devoted (laughs) to that that, and that was one thing like the only time they really mention her dad is when she's trying to break into the pharmacy and he's like the one that showed her how to use a screwdriver and all this stuff but in the show they give him this whole backstory of 
battling the mother's mental health and right apparently he has a name which yeah he, he didn't have in the book he didn't have exactly a name. He, he didn't even just, have a name in the book. <laughs> I mean, he, they spent like three, like one paragraph on um, talking about the dad and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And so I was trying to decide, like, did that, that backstory add? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that that was really necessary. I think, I think it kind of added to like the storyline that they were trying to portray of, you know, like this the, the addiction history and everything tragic that led history to her, her and, addiction yeah and the addiction story that they had lined out i think i think the show definitely had more, more of an addiction story that was different than the book's addiction story oh it definitely did it played much bigger part in the show as to her downward spiral yeah but then they also sit there and credit her sober sobriety to Jolene. Whereas Jolene did not have as big of a part in her recovery in the book. Yeah, I mean, in the book, like, in the book, Beth makes the decision to get sober. I mean... She's making that decision to get sober, and that's when she reaches out to Jolene. Yeah, in the movie, reaches, in the movie, yeah, Jolene she, just like shows up. Yeah, in the movie, like, Jolene just shows up and says, "Girl, you need to get your shit together. Let's do it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so yeah, that that was another big difference. Like you know, in the book, it's Beth's decision to reach out and Beth's decision to try and get sober. Whereas Jolene just gives her the building blocks of what she needs to do to get sober and to maintain it. Whereas in the show, she is like basically the foundation for her sobriety. Right. In the show, Jolene shows up and just says, okay, what are you doing with your life? You need to get your stuff together. Come on, let's do this. And, and I, and I think I missed like the exercise part of it in the book the book was you know like jolene's like taking her to the gym and making her eat healthy and like girl <laughs> come on no no you know versus like the movie none of that there was none of that and i i, I kind of missed that part i think they could have skipped out the part with the mom backstory and edited more of that because like to me it seems like that's a bigger part of her recovery in the book yeah, but I, I think they, in the show, they kind of um, puff up her and Jolene's entire relationship because of page 15 that they left out. Yeah. And yeah. that was one thing I was really happy that they left out. Yeah. <laughs> they, they should yeah. have still kept the fact that her and Jolene were not the best of friends. Like, they even left out, you know, the huge argument they had in the orphanage and how their relationship at the orphanage didn't even really get repaired until she was leaving. Yeah. It's like they they made them seem like much more best friends than they actually were. And either way, I did not like how, you know, Jolene had a reappearance at the end of the book. Like, really? I mean, yeah, that no. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, I'm it sorry. seems strange. It, it seems it, strange that she would reach out to Jolene mm -hmm. and not Mr. Scheidel. I, I really think that the janitor would have been the one she reached out to. Well, he dies. But, I mean, yeah, I know he died. He died. But yeah. why? Yeah. And she could have easily reached out to him first, you know? And I mean, and she, I. She never I, even. I, she never even thanked him for the five dollars that he sent her until after never he was thanked dead. Him. Yeah, and then she felt guilty. And I, I that part I under I kind of I I understand the writing aspect of that. I don't mm -hmm. understand the writing aspect of bringing Jolene back and not him. <laughs> well, I I also don't understand why the show gave a conclusion to Towns DLP. Yeah. Like, I, I think they just decided she had to have a love interest that that love interest well, was she she did have a love interest you know throughout Benny. the entire entire book she's got this fascination with the unattainable love of towns and then she ultimately comes to the conclusion that you know she likes Benny Benny's the one she misses yeah. when she goes to Russia and in the show right you know they don't explicitly say it but they allude to towns being gay and then he's there in Russia as a correspondent, which he's not there in the book. No. And but they also give them closure at the end of the series. You know, they're basically friends at the end, and he's there through her issues with the Russians. And but in reality, in the book, she was alone in her hotel room when Benny calls with his friends. Yeah. And right. When, we and I like that a... version better. I like that version better. I don't think she needed Towns. No. I don't think she needed him there. No. That was just supposed to be some fairy tale, uh, unattainable love and whatnot. And really, the only thing she needed was her friendship of Benny. Yeah. It's right. Like and also, I think it was. I think it was kind of like the friendship eater. Right. I think it was the understanding that she was okay alone. Like, it seems like the whole book, she's like, like forced into being alone, forced into being alone. And then at the end, it kind of resolves with her, like, I'm okay being alone. Well, that, that was supposed to be the whole point of the book, that she had to do this alone. Chess is a two-player game. There's not a whole bunch of other people playing. You're, <laughs> right. you're pretty solitary. Yeah. And, yeah. And then when, you know, in the show, when she overcomes... What's his name? Borgov. And yeah. She's got all these supporters and people behind her when, you know, in the book, she's completely alone, scared out of her mind. And, you know, Benny's on the phone to talk to and his friends, but, you know, they're back in the States. So she's ultimately alone. She has to make the decisions of which ways to play on her own. But in the show, it gives more credit to, like, Towns and Benny and all that. And Beltic. Beltic came back, and he's not supposed to be there. Right. And then I, I think I think what irritated me, because I, I rewatched the last episode, and, like, in the book, she's, like, every time she gets sober, her mind works clearer. You know, mm -hmm. she's, like, if I, if I stay away from the alcohol and the drugs, I'm clearer. I think clearer. I do better. And in the movie, she's like, I don't think I can do it without the drugs. 
I think I think clearer with the drugs. And I was just like, what? No, they did not just say that. <laughs> well, like, like um, oh, the, the, par- the, Paris so game against, the Paris game against Borgov. In the show, she's inebriated. Or in the book, she's completely mm-hmm. sober. And that's the first time she realizes that it's clearer when she's sober. And that Borgov right. actually truly be her because he's more logical player. And it had nothing to do with the drugs or anything that made him win the first time in Mexico City. It's like, right. But the show gives credit to the addiction, not the sobriety. Yeah. Right. And that's that's one of the things that I really don't like about the show. I mean, I really enjoyed the show. Like the watch when I watched it the first time, I I loved it, and now that I've read the book, I don't like it as much because <laughs> I feel like I feel like they did the addiction wrong. I feel like the book was like a truer sense of like the addiction story versus the the show. Well, it's also on her lack of being able to have emotions towards others. Yeah, they, they played it off as if she, you know, had all these feelings for all these people and stuff. And in the book, she didn't like when the adopted no. mother Alma dies, you know, you credit her downroll spiral to, you know, this adoptive mother dying and bringing up her real mother dying. Where in the book, she doesn't really care that Alma died. She more or less cares about the house and being yeah. alone in the house. And they give so much of a um, more, I don't know, more close relationship between the two. Whereas, yeah. you know, going to all these tournaments and stuff, where in the book, you know, Beth is just kind of annoyed that she's there. It, yeah, yeah. She She's just like, okay, well, I, the, it's. It, it's almost like she's there to just help her out. She's like, oh, well, you know, she's helping me now. Like in, in the beginning, especially like when she first goes to stay with Mrs. Wheatley, it's like she's just so annoyed by her, like everything she does. And then like when she finally, it clicks, the whole chest thing clicks with Mrs. Wheatley and she's supporting her. Then it's like, oh, well, she's helping me. This is like, this is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But not, it, it's not like the emotional attachment you know, it's just, this is, this is a good thing. It's like really the only emotional attachment she has in the books is uh, to her fascination with towns and then ultimately deciding that Benny's the one that she misses. Right. She doesn't, I, I she doesn't really think... have attachments towards anybody else. No, she's not, not really attached to anybody. I mean, I think, even that that realizing that she's missing Benny is like huge for her. You know, that's like the first real emotional attachment she shows to anybody is realizing she is missing Benny. See, and then oh, and the biggest difference between the book and the show versus just Beth and herself is that she was supposed to be brown haired. Yes, I and... I know, and that. She's like, supposed really... to be. She was supposed to be perceived as ugly, even as an adult. But that, like, she yeah. goes into herself. Kind of but plain. she's not like this pretty person. She's yeah. She's, she's supposed plain to be and... very plain, very plain. Yeah. And that that redheaded actress who is gorgeous, <laughs> Anya Taylor Joe. Yes, she's 
gorgeous in that red hair. I mean, visually, I can see why she, they chose her because that red hair like really stands out. It shows how different she is than like everybody. You know, it's a stark contrast to the males and the chest dominated, you know, field and, the and girls and, at the high school and the other girls at the high school. It just kind of it makes her gives her that differentness and the standoutness, but. The it is not the plain was supposed to be a part Beth. of who she was. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it's not the plain Beth that from the book. That's for sure. Like, a, like at first I was really upset. I'm like, wait a second, this is not right. You know? And then, and then like the more I thought about it visually, I see why they did it. But again, it's not right. <laughs> I mean, the, there's a, a medium difference when it becomes between the, the show and the book so you have to explain a lot more visually in a show yeah. or a movie than you can in the book in the book you have to describe everything it's like but changing the hair from brown to red I mean in the book she's supposed to be just like this plain washboard in the background type person and giving her that red hair just kind of makes it stand out you know, oh, look at me, I'm different. Yeah. And it's like, that. I mean, I understand why they did it, just to kind of give more focus to her and her appearance. But I mean, what would be the difference in just giving her brown hair? I mean, on, <laughs> yeah, I've, seen, because, I mean, I've seen the same I, actress with brown hair, and she looks just fine with brown hair. Why change it to bright red? I don't know. I don't know. I think... I think they could have portrayed it, you know, better, shown a difference even with the brown hair. Like, because I think there's something to be said about, you know, having a plain person that kind of blends into the background. Being more, nobody suspects them, you know, nobody suspects that person of being... Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Other, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think it would have highlighted her gifts more and um, been more startling. Because in the books, it was so startling when she stole those pills. Like, everybody was so shocked. Whereas, I don't think it was as shocking in the movie when she stole them. Because, here's this fiery little redhead, <laughs> you know, versus the quiet brown Nazi girl. Yeah. Like, um, also, like, um, they added in characters like Matt and Mike, the twins. Yeah. Like, yes, they are at the very first tournament, but they're not anywhere else in the book. Whereas in the show, they are there at every basic, like, turn of her growth in the chess tournament world. Like, they're in Vegas, they're in Cincinnati, they're, you know, they're when her mom dies in Mexico City. It's like, but she doesn't have that in the book. No, she doesn't really have any connections in the book. I mean, it's just, she just, she's one of those people that just does not form attachments to people and doesn't form those friendships, you know, and... I think the movie tried to make her more normal. <laughs> make her you know? more um, relatable. 
Yeah, right. It's like, I mean, they they even added in a character. Let's see, Cleo. Cleo doesn't exist in the book, which is um, a girl she has a brief romantic fling with in Paris. It's like she... And then, you know, the interaction between the two is the reason why Beth falls so miserably to the matchup to Borgov in Paris. It's like, no. No. A romantic fling with a girl is not her downfall in Paris. Especially since it was not in the book. No, it was not in the book. The book, I think, handled a lot of that sort of stuff better. I just, I really think the book handled the addiction a lot better than the show did. I really do. Absolutely. I mean, it it, it gave you more of a um, her desire for the tranquilizers. And yeah. And she didn't have as much access to it. She fell onto the addiction of the alcohol. Right. And then when she goes to Mexico City and realizes that in Mexico, she can just ask for whatever prescription she wants and she gets it as much as she wants. And... You know, then it's the mixing the alcohol with the pills. In the show, they downplay the alcoholism. Yeah. And they only they only show the pills every so often, but it pretty it's pretty much like um, giving credit to the addiction for her progress. Whereas yeah. in the book, it makes you feel like, oh well, you know, if she didn't have this addiction, she could probably be you know, a lot further along in her career. She could have beat Borgov a long time ago if she had just gave up on being high. Right, right. And let's see, there's another character they added in with a bigger presence than she had in the book, which was Annette Parker, the girl that gives her the pad at her very first tournament. Mm, Yeah. Annette Parker is, for one, a fleeting person, and she never sees her again. Right. Whereas they bring her back in the show um, when she's having her downward spiral. And she shows up to the tournament back in Kentucky completely wasted. Yeah. They, um, yeah, the book doesn't have her really showing up wasted at um, the tournaments like they did in the movie. Like the movie just kind of seemed to almost seemed to glamorize her being wasted <laughs> you know versus on her being wasted yeah right and like i said i just really don't like that portrayal i think the book was just such a more honest portrayal of the less glamorized <laughs> version of the addiction than the movie well we're getting running close out of time here so let's Let's decide which one actually told the story better. Oh, gosh, this is tough because I really enjoyed the book. I did enjoy the book and I really enjoyed the movie as well. And I'm glad I watched the movie first because the movie is visually beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I like the book story better. (laughs) (laughs) Which which, which isn't a common agreement. For people that do compare books to the movies mm-hmm. it's like overall which one really told the story better i think a lot more people would choose the tv show 
over the book just because it gives you more personalization but i would actually have to choose the book too yeah just because yeah. she overcomes everything alone yeah in the book or in the show it gives credit to everybody else that she got to where yeah. she was she bore, beat borgov and everything because of everybody else yeah, it really made it look like she was relying on other people um, versus the finding finding herself and using herself to, you know, boost herself up and pull herself out of the addiction. So, agreed. I think the book was better. But the show was visually beautiful. I will say that. It was gorgeous. A gorgeously I- shot film. Uh, they did a very good job and from everything I've read I even remember when it first came out that the news said there was a shortage on chess sets in <laughs> Christmas time because the, the show came out in October yeah. of 2020 and then so that's two months before Christmas and like they were talking on the news how after the show released um, there was a shortage on chess sets everybody was running out to buy chess sets because they made they made chess sexy <laughs> and interesting <laughs> and like i played chess a little bit when i was a kid and i i can't think that far ahead i can't think about that far ahead like literally my mind does not work like that uh, i can think about three or four moves ahead but beyond that no no and <laughs> and to play chess you really have to have that long range thinking skills and yeah but no this was for for non chess person, this read so interesting. It was such a fun, and even in the movie, they made it like so exciting to play chess. <laughs> yeah, so they they explain the chess better in the book of what was really going on and everything, whereas they didn't yeah. really touch base on the actual game itself, except for like major games that were important to the plot. But, right, but they they definitely made chess seem. A lot easier and fun <laughs> yes. than it actually is. <laughs> but but if you yeah. Google it, if you Google it, chess tournaments still happen, and the pots for winning chess are a lot higher than just a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars. Like one I uh, looked at was uh, a tournament where the prize is two hundred and ten thousand dollars. So I, I can wow. see why a lot of people went out and jumped. Like, oh, we could we could win money if we play chess. Like I, I can see that. Just, just yeah. some simple googling. It's like, hmm, I can see why a lot of people ran out and bought, you know, chess sets. Yeah, I can see why that too. And like, like when I watched it, I thought, is this a true story? Because it just seemed <laughs> to have that, like that vibe of you know, like telling a true story. You know, it was so believable. It was that it loosely, felt like it was true. It was loosely based on the author's interpretation of how there was a female chess player i don't think it happened in the 50s and 60s like it's supposed to in the book but there was a female chess player that he believed that that's how her life would have gone yeah and so he wrote a book on it yeah it just it seemed so believable that i'm like like did did I watched it first and then realized there was a book. Like when I was like, this is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I had found it because um, it released like four days after the movie Rebecca. Oh, I love that movie. Came, yeah. 
which is the one that kind of sparked the whole idea for the podcast, was Rebecca, and I had been gifted the book. And I was like, oh. oh. yes. And it's like, you know, let's watch this, let's compare. I read the book, Let, let's compare this. The book is such a masterpiece. Oh my gosh, I love the book. <laughs> it's like, and then, you know, four days later, this hit show, Queen's Gambit, comes out. It's like, oh, I know that one's a book, too. It's like, that's going to be the second one. <laughs> that's going to be the second episode. <laughs> so I, awesome. I read the book before I watched it. But, yeah. I, I'd have to definitely choose the book over the show. If it came down to, ultimately, which one told the story better. But the the show was really beautiful. It had a lot of, you know... It, it gave real tribute to, like, the blue blue house and the pink bedroom mm -hmm. all the yeah. colors vibrant and everything like you're you know you're seeing it where a lot of things were washed out in the book and it didn't really go to about her surroundings and how everything looked mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, the show was visually stunning it was just visually visual eye candy <laughs> you know and then and then had to have the awesome story behind it was it was good good stuff yep. okay well i think that's going to be it for today then it's like thank you thanks. for coming yeah thanks for having me <laughs> and if there's a future book versus the movie that you'd like to be a part of what would it be Oh gosh. Well, I will say that Rebecca is my name and I love <laughs> the Rebecca book by Daphne du Maurier. Have <laughs> um, you watched the movie? Uh, yes, I've watched the original Hitchcock and the new one that came out on Netflix. And I think there might have been another one in between. Um, but yeah, oh, that's a good one. Um, gosh, I read a lot. <laughs> like you told me, me on Wednesday. Yeah, I you told me on Wednesday and I finished Queen's Gambit yesterday. <laughs> I, I so, recapped the book while I was rewatching the show because I, I had originally watched all of it like a year and a half ago when it came out. Right, right. And I, I did read too. The book then too, and yeah, and then trying to record the Rebecca episode just kind of put everything on pause for a while. Cause, I mean, yeah, so many that, differences. That is with that that one. is such a detailed book. I mean, the book is so oh, I love the book so much. And then they skip over a lot of that. Yeah, the story. Show I mean, the, the movie. Ah, the movie couldn't even come close. I mean, just because the book is so good. Um, but but you know, I don't know. I think like um, oh gosh, like the little princess. You know the. Francis Hogston Burnett books, um, Secret Garden and that. Those are those are good comparisons and ones that are the story is so good that they get made into movies a lot. Um, those are good. And of course, Little Women. <laughs> I, I like I all those. I have Little Women up on the shelf somewhere up there. <laughs> um, some of those stories are so good and so timeless that they get made over into movies a lot because people love the story so much and i think queen's gambit is kind of like that where it's just such a a story that just like sucks you in and holds you and you're like oh yes we need to tell that we need to visually 
That's well the the author that wrote the book is also the one that wrote um Hustler. And so yeah. he he had already had books that were translated over into movies. So uh -huh. I'm wondering I'm wondering what, what made them, you know, exactly choose Queen's Gambit and make chess more popular again. Yeah, I don't know. If somebody's like, hmm, let's pull a book out of a random pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have noticed that lately a lot more books have been, been made into movies. Like, writers have run out of you know, original ideas and they're choosing books by other people to turn into movies and shows now. Yeah. Oh My kids had to read uh, The Life of Pi in school and um, they hated it so much and I had to read the book to help them out with it. So, and of course I had like two kids do it like back to back of course like two years apart so I had to reread read the book a couple of times and then the movie came out and I was so excited I was just like oh my gosh it's the life of pie and my kids did this big groan and they refused to watch the movie because they hated that book so much after doing the class on it because they they spent like two months on the life of Pi, and they they absolutely hated it to this day if you mention the life of Pi, my one son groans and says oh my gosh i hate that so much <laughs> the life of Pi was a really beautiful movie oh it was it was a gorgeous movie and the book was actually really good if you weren't like being forced to, <laughs> to forced study to in it. class apparently yeah <laughs> Yeah, like I hated The Great Gatsby when I had to read it in high school, but you know, now I, I love The Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the movie was awesome, too. Right? Yeah. Like, But when it was in high school, it was like, no, I don't want to read this. This is boring. Who wants to read about ah. a party in the 20s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, teenagers not just wanting to sit down and read a book. Anything you tell a teenager to do, they're not going to like. If they come up with it on their own, they will enjoy it. But if you are forcing them to do it, they will hate it every single time. And that's just the way life works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, that pretty much sums it up right there. <laughs> basically yes <laughs> well i think that's all we've got for today then yep thanks thanks for the challenge this was a fun challenge to to read the book and talk about it so well, thank you for giving it a chance i mean you know you don't know how hard it's been trying to get to somebody to read the book <laughs> and compare it with me <laughs> Yeah, no, like I said, I kind of I kind of enjoy the reading challenges, and, and as long as it's not like seven pillars of wisdom or something that is a long, long slog. Ugh. Harry Potter book six. Oh <laughs> <Ugh>, yeah, <laughs> what's the slog? That's like four <laughs> novels like shoved together. Mm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm glad it was a shorter book. Made it a lot easier for me to recap it. Oh yeah, that was that was a nice read. It was a good read. Short, entertaining. It was a good one, but still very detailed. 
Yeah. But, all right. Well, thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you. Tune in next time for us to go over The Hating Game, the book versus the movie.